It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Change makers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. This time of year, people begin to think about warmer temperatures and getting into shape. They rev up their exercise routines or start new ones, and with that comes the risk of injury. When you're testing your limits, even a minor injury can alter your performance. Joining us today to talk about the importance of physical fitness and having a plan to protect yourself from injuries is Craig Alexander, a former professional triathlete who is a five-time Ironman world champion. Welcome, Craig. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Joan. How are you? Thank you for having me on. So, Craig, I, I want to start off by talking a little bit about your journey. Were you always an athletic person? I was always very active, yes, growing up. Um, like a lot of kids in my neighborhood uh, where I grew up, we played a lot of sports, all sports, mainly team sports. Um, soccer was my main love. I played it for 15 years. So, yeah, I was always very active. Um, I think it was a big part of my, my life being outside and um, playing different organized sports so uh, as long as I can remember I was always involved in all sorts of sports so it's, it's always been a big part of my life. So what got you interested in triathlons? I mean that's a really challenging endurance sport. Yeah it's interesting you know I, I played soccer for 15 years but I think when I was about 15 or 16 I first saw the Ironman in Hawaii on television um, and even though at that time I was playing team sports and I was more of a sprinter. I mean, I was more into running the 400 and 800 than, than longer distances, um, particularly at school athletics carnivals. Um, I think something about the event just must have interested me and captured my attention. I think on reflection, it was the challenge of it. It just I remember seeing it for the first time and I remember the aerial shot of, of the Big Island of Hawaii and the lava fields and the the amazing blue ocean and the wind, the trade winds blowing. And, and then watching the event, these incredible athletes covering what seemed like ridiculous distances. It, it seemed impossible. Um, I think that just caught my attention. And that was probably five or six years before I ever did a triathlon. So something about the sport and that event in particular captured my attention. I think it was the what I saw as the challenge of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, yeah, I kept each year I knew it was on in October and I kept looking for it to watch the race and, You know, when I was about 20 or 21, I was halfway through a Bachelor of Applied Science degree in college. Um, My soccer career had finished and I started running, just started jogging one day to get back in shape. And that led to some swimming and and then triathlon. Um, And before I knew it, I was signing up for my first event. So, um, but I had watched that event in Hawaii for five or six years on television before I actually did a race. I have two sons that were competitive swimmers through high school, and so I know what goes into swimming. And so for you, you mentioned that you were a strong runner, and biking seems to come along with that. Was swimming the greatest challenge for you? 
I think it was because, as you would know, um, having watched your kids, it's such a technical sport. Technique is very important when you're in a medium that has a lot of resistance like water does. So efficiency is important. And, and what we see with swimming is when you learn the technique very young, that's the best time to learn because um, you're the most flexible. And if you can lay down those really good movement patterns young, you have them for life. Um, and I did a little bit of swimming. I mean, I played some water polo in high school, but I never had formal swim coaching or tech technical instruction until I started in triathlon. So it did make it tough. Um, but I just had to work extra hard on it. Uh, it became a focus point. I think having played soccer and other sports where running um, was a basis for those sports, the, the running naturally came the easiest of the three disciplines. And and I think you're right. I think runners pick up the cycling um, quite quickly. So swimming was definitely the biggest challenge. It required a lot of focus on technique and just effort and a lot of time in the pool, repetition, consistency, um, and all those things that you need to improve. So many of us that attempt exercise programs or, or decide that we want to get into shape, the, the part that I think is missing is the mental aspect of it. So what type of training goes into reaching your level of success and what should we all be doing on a daily basis to prepare ourselves? Yeah, that's such a great question because the mind-body connection is strong and the mind controls the body. So you can have the best physical shape, the best body, but I think mindset and attitude is very, very important. Um, what I observed throughout my career is that's what separates the good athletes from the great ones. Um, you know, and, and as that relates to people just embarking on a, an exercise program, I think it's understanding why you're doing something. For me, that was always important to understand why I was doing what I was doing and training the way I was. Um, you know, what was what was driving me? And... <clears throat> Initially, that was just the challenge of the sport. I was really um, enticed by how hard it looked. And it was also a simple commitment I made on the first day of my triathlon journey, which was just to get the most out of myself. That was it. And I think, you know, as you grow as a person, that changed me as a person and that motivated me. I saw what my family gave up um, so I could pursue my career internationally. Um, and I was very motivated by that. So understanding why we're doing something is very important and I think why that's important is because in any journey it could be sport it could be professional sport or it could be recreational you just you want to exercise for lifestyle for health and wellness it could be business it could be anything there's going to be a lot of challenges and bumps in the road and when we're very clear in our own head why we're doing something I think it makes it easier in those times to push on through certainly that was my experience you know you hear people say often what's your why understand your why and that was important for me to combat those tough moments and push on and and once I knew my why you know the what and the how fell into place a lot more easily and of course I'm talking about specific goals and and also then a plan after that but it all started with knowing why I was why I was getting up when the alarm was going off what was getting me out of bed so I think that's that's good advice for wherever you are and whatever you pursue because I think that crosses over into other other arenas, not only sport, I think that's true in business and in our personal lives. Um, you know, understanding our motivation, I think, is important. Yeah, absolutely. Because when you don't understand your motivation or what drives you when you hit a bump in the road or you face a challenge, you tend to give up. And I think that's what happens to so many of us. Yeah, no, I would agree. 
I think when you're very clear on why you're doing something and also to a lesser extent what it is that you want to achieve, then you can really get through those. I mean, you can call them sacrifices. I, I like to call them tough choices that you have to make. In the end, I, I look back and I don't regret any of those tough choices and I don't see them as sacrifices. They were necessary decisions that had to be made to achieve what I wanted to achieve. And, and I think on motivation, it's important that, you know, I've worked with enough athletes now post-career to know that that's not a one-size-fits-all. That's very individual um, to all of us. We're all different. What drives us is very different. And, you know, there's no right or wrong answer there. But if something's very personal to you, it'll, it'll be meaningful and it'll be long-lasting. Craig, have you ever worked with an athlete, or, or maybe this happened to you as well, where they sustained an injury or something outside of their control that they had to deal with? Because we're talking about motivation and the things we can control. But what about those external factors that hinder us? How can we navigate those? Yeah, well, they're inevitable. And, you know, I once heard a saying, it's not, you know, if the storm's coming, it's, it's when and how often. There's going to be a lot of moments that challenge you. And often you haven't brought them on yourself. Um, they have been out of your control. And I think in those moments, experience helps, but just understanding that you are only in control of so much. And, you know, as an athlete, my job was to make sure that I was across all of those things that were in my control and and also an understanding and an acceptance that there's a few things that I won't have much say in. Um, and that's that's the way a lot of sporting events plays out, play out, and that's the way a lot of things play out. So, again... You can only control so much. And I always felt my job as an athlete was to be to check all of the boxes of the things that I could control. My physical conditioning, my mental conditioning, my equipment, all of those things. And there's a lot. There's a lot of boxes to check. And, you know, it was a full-time job. But, you know, in the final wash-up, when you're doing that sort of analysis of a performance, and often you're not only looking at the result. The result is one-dimensional. You're looking at many factors of the performance. You know, there are things that, that are out of your control and, um, you know, are there lessons to be learned there? I mean, there's always lessons, but I think in any situation, you can only control so much and you need to accept that and just move forward as best as you can. So, Craig, if, if someone is listening to us right now and he or she decides that they want to embark on a career along the path of something like you did or, or even just to get more physically active, what is the best way to go from a beginner to someone more advanced safely so that he or she can avoid these injuries? Yeah, well, with endurance training, it's about patience and consistency. There's no shortcuts. There's no quick fix or magic bullet. There's no hack that will get you to world-class conditioning overnight. It's Physiologically, it's a process. Aerobic conditioning takes time. Um, and whether you're a beginner, so you're starting for the first time, or whether you're a world champion who's come off a break or an injury and getting back into things, the principles are pretty much the same. You need to be patient. You need to understand what your current level is and understand that's not where you're going to end up. It's just where you are now. And train accordingly. Um, be patient. Don't overreach. Be realistic about the time that you have available and use that time wisely. Consistency is the key principle with any successful endurance training plan, and that's for athletes of all levels. Um, of course, the complexities and the progressions change um, as you improve, like anything, but consistency is key. And, you know, part of being consistent 
is recovering well. So you need to focus on recovery. The ability to back up and train again a day later or two days later um, is very important. So you need to focus on your recovery. That's important advice for all levels of athletes, people starting out for the first time, former professionals, current professionals, experienced athletes, um, or someone just returning to the fold after an extended layoff. Um, train consistently, focus on recovery. Yeah, because it's important to listen to your body. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's probably the most important thing. There, there are so many devices and, and wearable tech that we have access to these days that track our sleep, um, that track our calorie expenditure, um, our heart rate. And I do like a lot of the information you can get. Um, some of it's quite complex and high level. It's all useful if you understand what the information is telling you and how to use it to get better. But I think something that's never out of fashion for any athlete, again, of any level, is listening to your body, listening to the, the cues and the, and the signals that your body's giving you. Fatigue, soreness, when we need extra rest, um, when we're potentially heading down the path of an injury, that feels a little different to normal overload and fatigue. So I think with experience, if we're vigilant and pay attention, we, we learn pretty quickly what our body's trying to tell us. And I think that's that's a completely undervalued trait that every every athlete of all levels should should try and work on. Craig, you've been an athlete for most of your life and, and you've achieved tremendous success. But could you speak to someone for a moment who may not be physically active and, and talk to the importance of getting our bodies moving? Well, I think it's well documented. This countless studies and research that show the benefits of exercise and regular exercise, and it doesn't have to be high intensity. I mean, I've always been a big believer that movement is medicine. Um, you know, my education, I, I got a Bachelor of Applied Science degree in physiotherapy, so I was always interested in the body and in how it moves and the benefits of movement and when things go wrong, why do they go wrong, how do you get it back on track. Um, but I would just say to anyone listening, you know, you don't have to be put off. It doesn't have to be painful. It just has to be consistent and regular. It can be low heart rate, low intensity, um, and find something that you enjoy doing. If you enjoy doing something, we tend to go back to things that we enjoy, so that will increase compliance. And there's so many things that constitute exercise. It doesn't just have to be in a gym working out or it doesn't have to be running. It can be those things if you love those things, or it could be a team sport, Um you know, I would encourage people who have struggled with motivation to try and join training groups. They're very social. It, it, it increases your accountability, I think, and your compliance when you're meeting people. Interesting. If you're very social, it increases the enjoyment factor as well. I mean, it doesn't have to just be hard work. It can be dressed up as other things. Um, but mainly, I would just say find an activity that you really enjoy or a sport that you enjoy. Whatever that is, pickleball, tennis, golf. Anything, it's all movement. Um, exercise comes in many shapes and forms. So uh, I think the hardest thing to do is to find something that we love. Or maybe that's not so hard, but then secondary to that is to get started. Getting started's hard. So that's, you know, that's the hurdle you've got, to, you've got to clear. But just get started. Get started in a very simple way and in an enjoyable way, and you won't regret it. Craig, where can the listeners go to get more information about you and your work? Well, if they want more information about me, they can head to... I've got, I'm on all the usual social platforms, but I've got a training platform, sensego.co, 
We've got a lot of great training tips on there, um, some great resources, videos, really simplified information that will help get you started. Um, if any of your listeners are, are interested in embarking on regular training um, programs or regimes, I encourage them to get started. Now, I talked about consistency, um, you know, recovery, preventing injury. There's a lot of great products that are readily available that I would encourage the listeners to go and check out. Craig, thank you so much for joining us. You know, we've been talking about sports, but as you said earlier, these lessons that you've been teaching us today, these can apply to any aspect of our lives. So I really have enjoyed this conversation, and I thank you for being here. My pleasure. I appreciate you inviting me on to have a chat. It's been fun. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.